0: Good afternoon, everyone. Actually, good morning. It's still the morning. Um, and thanks for coming. Uh, so, what I want today, really, um, talk about or express, is what we just chanted. And this word really resonated with me today. The um, Buddhas and ancestors of old whereas we. We in the future shall be Buddhas and ancestors. That sounds like a good news. I haven't even been able to look at your faces. <laughs> so I'm doing it right now. Uh, let's see. Thank you all. Um, Well, here it says the Buddhas and ancestors of old were as we, we in the future, and um, I feel that um, actually future is right now, and we are really all due, right? really all due to waking up together. And that is uh, the reality of what we see in front of us. Everywhere in the world, this is obvious. The places that we um, have been stuck, the places that we have undermined of of ourselves and others are really um, becoming clear it's almost as if we can't not see that anymore right? with the um, virus, sickness and death with uh, racial oppression that America and this is what I confessed I I totally confess right here that I have been very ignorant of the history of America and I am uh, slowly have been learning about it and I really realize that um, this how this country um, was constituted from the beginning Um, it was uh, planted with um, bad seeds take care of a few the knees of the few and that reality is uh, it's it's so manifested completely I hope that we cannot not see that anymore and not to repent not to confess So we're here together to do a great reckoning. Great reckoning, I've been, this word reckoning um, has been something that uh, is popping up in my head lately. And of course from listening to other people speak. And long due reckoning that we're uh, here to uh, investigate and uh, own own that within each of our minds and our bodies and um, I guess I, you know, this w- sentence of um, ehihei kosohotsugan hit me because um, it gives us a hope that in the future we shall be all Buddhas and ancestors, uh, which gives us hope that through this reckoning uh, through deep digging up of our own ways that we collectively um, participate in oppressive speech actions gesture you know this is a starting point of reckoning and of all of us um, opening up to a new way of being together. And that way of being is unknown to us in many ways. really all at once. I um, found out about um, this weekend is a a gay pride weekend. I walked outside today and I saw the uh, flags. So many ways that we have to look uh, inward because what's out there in front of us in in front of us right in front of us is a, a reflection of what's inside here and the bad news it's just a news actually is that to actually Um, do that reckoning we have to go to the deep core within ourselves and make amendment Uh, Ian last week talked about confession how the act of confession opens up recognizing and really um, tasting, starting to taste, tasting this um, way of us holding up reality together and we call this teaching dependent co-arising in Buddhism. So it is a way for us to collectively Claim or actually be accountable, right? We are participant of what we make up out in the world, so nobody is um, excused in that way, and which means that every each one of us has to deeply. Bring our attention here and see where where is that happening, and it's in a way, you know, this kind of meditation practice or zazen practice um, makes us accessible to what's really happening here because it is a a way to um, feel what's arising for each one of us right now, right here. And when we do this work unfortunately it's not easy because what we really get here is a sense of Fear, uh, anxiety, um, all kinds of stuff, right? And it, it feels uncomfortable and it's, um, <laughs> you know, what it's really uh, pointing here actually is this sense of violation of not seeing who we are truly and that comes up for me the other day I I, I sat in this feeling of unworthiness really deep and when we that i feel that where this is we can't skip this that we can't skip to see how deeply we feel to violate And that kind of violation, um, that kind of um, feeling of unworthiness, or of ourselves, basically, when we feel ourselves unworthy, we project that into the world, right? And this is what we see in the world. Um, uh, I. came across this uh, a saying, um, looking at um, a book, um, and it says, there's an old saying, and I, I never heard this before, that a person can't dupe others who can't dupe, who hasn't duped himself or herself or themselves. It's very simple, right, simple truth. So um, that's how we begin this journey, I feel, all of us together, is to look at how did we dupe ourselves? I Wanted to talk about truth-telling because this is truth-telling right when we really um, Go deep inside ourselves To um, Ask ourselves Whenever these feelings pop up in our our life um, You know going out in the world or participating with um, Having a relationship within our sangha members, or um, you know, talking to your spouse or partners, or your children, these are the things that come up for us. Unfortunately, or fortunately, because we're human beings, the suffering is there. Suffering is always popping up, and that is a moment when um, opportunity arises that you can do truth telling. The precept of telling truth, not lying, not duping. So what's going on? And um, that's always there for us. And it is scary work, I feel. I um, wanted to talk about cervix today, <laughs> and uh, for me, um, talking about cervix really uh, relates to the truth-telling, and um, I uh, I have a permission to talk about it <laughs> from a group of people, subgroup um, people who are, we talk in the sangha and um, the cervix is an organ um, that belonged to women-bodied people and also perhaps man-bodied people too um, and uh, I had a fortune last year um, to find out that I have this um, symptom or uh, called Cervical dysplasia and um, There are degrees to that and Actually, it's not as Rare as I thought Uh, actually many people have that condition and um, My case was um, There are levels like degrees and my my symptom was um, (laughs) Since I hadn't been to get, you know, paps done in a while it had uh, developed into a severe phase, which is what doctors actually say is like a, you know, you really have to have some kind of procedure to remove those cells that may um, become cancerous. So uh, it was for me like a wake up call to actually get to know what cervix is. And um, so I had a fortune of uh, getting to know that through this journey. Um, and I found out a lot about cervix. and I feel so... Um, <laughs> like today, actually when I'm talking, I feel like my cervix is talking. It is an organ that sits at the very base of um, uterus, or womb. It's like a neck. And uh, it, it um, uh, it's there, and underneath that there is a, a vaginal canal, and um, it can go up and down according to your menstrual cycles, and it's kind of like this small. Um, I um, understand that it's like a point, you know, one point, you know, one yeah, one to one point five inches, perhaps maybe, and inside there's a hole, it's like a donut, and um, it's also, you know, a neck so that there's a um, depth to it too, which is actually longer than uh, diameter, and um, a lot of people actually really don't know about it, uh, the theme, you know, us who own this organ, don't even know about it, so much about it. We have never, well, I don't know, for me, I have never really felt it myself. Um, And um, I read that for most women, it's uh, a place of discomfort, pain, or pure numbness. And um, so um, I start to read books about it, and I found out that um, women—you know—this is really at the root of our chakra, like chakra root chakra, right? Where we hold our traumas, our emotional tensions, the ways that we believe things from the past. Um, so um, a lot of memories are uh, reside there, along with the womb. And by, so this is something that I really, it's funny, you know, I feel a bit shy today to talk about it. (laughs) But this is what I really want to say out in the world, is that I would love everyone to know about this organ, especially women, to actually touch this amazing organ by the way this organ is orgasmic it connects to a a vagus nerve which is um, connected to heart lungs throat and tongue so this is what what I what I feel in my body that when I'm talking I am contacting into my whole body here the muscles all the way down and um, allowing my cervix to, to also resonate what it wants to talk so where else was I? I, I talked about orgasmic <laughs> and anyway it's an it's a, um, amazing organ that you can really touch yourself and um, claim, own it see this is a thing that you can own you can own your body that way and as women we have so diminished and been oppressed by our societal you know entrap, entrap entrapment you know, there's so so many ideas about how to be feminine right how to be female so by contacting to those areas yourself and allowing to meditate so blow kisses into your fingers when you touch it only wants love a lot of women we can't say no because we have to feel like we have to perform right but these are the the ways that we um, violates ourselves we vi- violate that sacred being that we are. We all are. Women bodied or men bodied. Or both bodied. Or non-bodied. So I also would love uh, males, male bodied people to understand that. To um, honor their organs as well. I don't know how that feels. (laughs) And to really um, take care of it that way and so um, yeah it's really cool. It's cool like that, the organ. So I feel like female uh, body people with this cervix and womb can really offer uh, wisdom up to the world uh, really claim who we are, right? Um, just and I think that could be a tool, a great tool, a great great gift out in the world to um, head towards this uh, path of liberation. But that's that's um that's what I really want to say today and um, I hope that that tool will become a um, tool to liberate everyone you know so I, I guess I'll end with this um, Taste number 36 well actually let's see yeah maybe I'll, I'll i'll do this one from iron flute um, let's see here maybe i have other things that i want to share we'll see okay, so it goes like this true friendship transcends intimacy or alienation between meeting and not meeting there's no difference on the old plum tree fully blossomed the southern branch owns the whole spring the northern branch owns the whole spring i'll repeat again true friendship transcends intimacy or alienation between meeting and not meeting there is no difference on the old plum tree fully blossomed the southern branch owns the whole spring the northern branch owns the whole spring so these um you know what really resonated so i, I i've known this a koan for maybe half a year and what really Struck me is the last uh, part of the poem, which is this just amazing imagery of an old plum tree. Right? Plum tree it must be dark red pink blossoms against this dark uh, bark. And it's old. And uh, a beautiful image of the southern branch owning the whole spring. Just like we own our bodies and minds, that nobody can violate that part of us, the world or ourselves. Nobody can oppress ourselves or others. That is our true nature. The Northern branch also owns the whole spring. That, so there's appreciation for differences and diversity um, I read a, a sentence recently. Um, the biology uh, loves differences. Um, society doesn't like it. So it's a celebration of all the way different ways that we we uh, we are, right? Racially, or gender wise, religion. The first part is the one that always confused me. I think it's a, it's a koan, the true friendship transcends intimacy and alienation because in Zen we talk about intimacy a lot, you know? We say, let's be intimate, you know, a practice is to be intimate with ourselves and others. We also have the house style that is called intimate interweavings like a fabric and I've been thinking about it and I this is what comes to me is that so the true friendship to me from what what comes up to me right now is basically where we're heading to We don't know what that would look like at all. We don't know how anything is right now. But there may be a hint or just a perfume, a little perfume that catches us. That, wow, perhaps we can look this way. There's a nice, sweet, smell coming from this way that my body turns towards like orientation in our practice and uh, so it's a, it's a way of, of being liberated being um, revolutionary way of as human species to be because our old ways are not working anymore And we are absolutely um, crushed in many ways so this liberation transcends intimacy or alienation and to me it it it, uh, I'm interpreting or comes to me is um, it's beyond it's beyond our conceptual understanding what it would look like you know we say gate, gate, paragate, parasam gate bodhisvaha, it's kinda of like that going beyond, not knowing and opening to the possibility and uh, Reb Anderson, I, uh, I want to also share this because I think it really relates to this, so the truth This is from his book, Um, Being Upright, and um, this chapter on not lying. The last um, phrase, or second from the last, he says, truth arises when my truth is offered but not placed above the truth of others. The whole truth is realized in the marriage of the minds of all beings. As is said in some wedding ceremonies, I plight thee my troth. I didn't know about this. I plight thee my troth. Did you guys all know about this? Is this like old thing? Okay, so maybe because he's generational thing. And actually it means, it's really cool, it means I endanger my truth to you. Right? I endanger my truth to you. The truth is not held on my side Or your side. I endanger my truth to others in the faith that I will thus be liberated from my own small truth and realize the oceanic truth. I can never see beyond my own circle of water. He's referring to Dogen's Genjo Koran here, and I'll, I'll read it to you afterwards. And yet, being aware that my circle is just a circle and not the ocean I am liberated from it. We are very small circle of water acknowledging that, that we're not complete. That the truth or liberation comes from all the truth manifesting just like the plum tree, southern branch and northern branch as they are as we all are this is the this is where we can stand all of us owning our organs own, owning our voice owning our body our vast minds this is where we can start together um, so we have time I'm gonna say that um, this wonderful Dogen's paragraph about that small circle of water so he talks about the boat uh, when for example when you sail out in a boat to the middle of the ocean where no land is in sight and view the four directions the ocean looks circular and does not look any other way but the ocean is neither round nor square its features are infinite in variety it is like a palace it is like a jewel it only looks circular as far as you can see at the time all things are like this though there are many features in the dusty world and the world beyond conditions. You can see and understand only what your eye or practice can reach. In order to learn the nature of the myriad things, you must know that although they may look round or square, the other features of oceans and mountains are infinite in variety. Whole worlds are there. It is not only around you, but also directly beneath you, your feet, or in a drop of water. Everywhere. It's everywhere. So I hope that um, within this Sangha, too, acknowledging the ways that we collectively, complicitly, Actually, this word, complicit, is also something that I've been curious about. Complicit comes from the word complicaire in Latin. The first part, "com," we all know that is, means together or jointly. Plicare, the last part, means to fold. So collectively, together, we're folded complicitly. It points to how we are the participant of all the oppressive phenomena that we witness. So how do we see that, own that, accountable, right, and make amendments? That starts here, not out there, starts right here. Okay, I think that's all I've got to say today. Thanks for listening